Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea here. I'm so excited because I have such a wonderful guest on the show today, and she is going to share her story of strength and resilience and what she's doing in the world today to help us all when we love someone with an addiction. We have Leslie McNabb on the show. Thank you so much for being here, Leslie. Welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me, and it's been just a joy getting to know you. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am, um, I consider myself to be a partner of recovery. My my loved one, my partner, my significant other, my boyfriend. I, it always feels weird to say boyfriend when you're in your 40s. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so he is now in recovery for three years. Um, we've been Yay. together for almost five and a half now. So you can do the math there and um, know that it hasn't always been easy for us. And um, I am now sharing my story for the past year um, because there's so many things that I've learned and it's really important for me to share my story just so people don't feel alone and isolated um, like I felt at one time. And, um, and I know we have that in common, but, uh, I am a mother of two kiddos and a dog. Um, I was a teacher for 18 years and, you know, I'm, I, there are a lot of things that I love. I love wellness. Um, I'm a yoga instructor and now a holistic coach. Oh my gosh. Yay. I just want to celebrate, um, your, the three years of sobriety and, um, also, you know, all the wonderful things that are going on in your life right now. And I really love the piece that you talked about with the idea of you, your mission is to help people so they don't feel alone in this. And, and, and that is exactly, you know, how we often feel when we love someone with an addiction. So, um, it's so important, the work that you're doing. And, um, I know that when I went through it all, when I was in the muck of it, it was really, really challenging. And I did feel very, very much alone. And until I did reach out, you know, life coaches, therapists, support groups, books, you name it. Um, and so I, I really like that you, you brought that up. So I really would love to hear um, a little bit more about what was what has been your biggest struggle uh, with loving someone with an addiction. So my biggest struggle um, was probably what some people consider codependency. Um, where my emotions, my happiness was really dependent upon my partner's 
actions, my partner's emotions. Um, and it was his, his active use was hidden from me for quite some time. Um, when we met, he was sober. He wasn't in active recovery though. Um, which I definitely think there's a difference between just being sober and trying not to do it versus actively, um, working on mental health and being active in the recovery community mm-hmm. and mental health. Um, so yeah, it, it, it showed up, um, active you showed up as debilitating anxiety and debilitating depression. Um, we live about an hour apart. We were both parents and we need to be near our children and with their other parents. So, so we had this long distance thing going for, um, five years, which we make it work. Um, but whenever I would see him, he would be sick because he was in withdrawal mm-hmm. and he didn't use when I was around. Um, so he was just sick all the time and he had a lot of life stressors going on. He had some legal issues from, um, possession charges and that's a whole different road, but, um, (laughs) you know, I would wake up each morning and my mind would be on him. How's he going to do today? How's he going to feel? Is he going to be able to get to work? Is he going to be able to, is he going to be okay? Am I going to get a phone call that he's in panic mode? Um, and so that really affected me and, um, you know, starting your day thinking about someone else is really challenging to move forward on your own, um, path in life. Oh my gosh. I I can relate to so many things that you just said. And so your biggest struggle and for so many people, and I bet a lot of the listeners, the biggest struggle is that piece about, you know, your hat, you almost like your happiness becomes dependent on their happiness or like Mm -hmm. when they're balanced, you feel balanced and relief. Right. And, you know, and then it's so interesting that you used to wake up and your mind would be on him, worried about him thinking about these, you know, legal issues and thinking about like his health. And, um, and it's amazing. Like I can so relate to that. Your mind becomes very preoccupied and that was one of your biggest struggles. And Mm -hmm. I bet it's so relatable to a lot of the listeners and and I can relate to when I was in it and, and that's how it really was for me too. So how, I'm curious, how did you take back your power? How were you able to take back your power? Yeah. um, Well, I do want to mention too, another struggle that came up was um, during sort of the end of the time of his active use, I was also at the same time getting my yoga teacher certification. I'd I'd practiced yoga for a really long time. And it's something that really supported me. And so I was learning all of these tools without really realizing how much they were affecting me. And, you know, the purpose was to learn them to teach other people. But being active in my education and learning new tools for restoration and relaxation, um, I didn't realize, you know, at the time how much they were really keeping me afloat. And 
um, like you talk about in your book about the water, once you let the water in, right? So there was like some water coming in my boat, but it wasn't enough to sink me yet. Um, mm-hmm. And so just so everyone knows, yeah. it's that that quote of like, the, yes. it's not, it's not the, the water that sinks. It's the water that gets into the boat that sinks the boat. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so one thing that was interesting, where you also say in your book, it's okay to not be okay. I was having the issue where I was learning all these wonderful, rich practices. And I was loving that. I was loving learning that, but then I felt guilty for being okay. So I was having a hard time being okay when he wasn't okay, which again is that codependency, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the moment you had asked, you know, what, what helped me through it? So there really just came this time when Um, he, he was arrested and we had been through some ups and downs. And at a certain point I found out that, you know, he was in active use and he promised he had everything under control and he was taking care of it and all those things that, um, addiction will say to, um, continue. And, um, and I was just like, I can't continue as is. I just can't. Um, and I luckily had this friend whose daughter is in recovery, who was there with me. We were teaching yoga at the same time and I just had her to lean on. And she said, you know, something that worked for me, um, was that we told our daughter that we can't, we love her, but we can't communicate unless she's active in recovery. And to me, that felt like the thing that I needed to do. I love you, but I need this to happen in order for us to continue. Mm. And I and that felt really, really hard because it could have gone the other way. It often does with addiction where that's not enough. Um, yeah. He had lots of other things that were... Um, motivating him as well. So I'm not taking all the credit for that. You know, know, he hit his point where like he wanted a change as well. Um, But for me, that was when I took back my power. Amazing. And I I so want to celebrate um, that recognizing that you, you were learning resiliency tools and you were learning like ways to calm your nervous system. And and I, so from one yoga teacher to another, like, you know, all you learn a wonderful, but the reality is, is that when you're going through what we go through, when you love someone with an addiction, nobody prepares you for, you know, the, that stress and that turmoil that comes with it. And so I really, um, I'm so thankful that you were going through that training at the time, because it probably really, really helped you with your resiliency and helped you through the process. Um, and then I, I love that you brought up that piece about it's okay not to be okay. It's like, you know, recognizing that like you, you weren't okay with it. It's like, like, this is, this is crossing my boundaries. This is, you know, not okay anymore. And that you had to, one of the ways you took your power back was to practice your yoga still, but also to set up that the boundary of, you know, I love you and I need you to go into active recovery Mm -hmm. or for this to go forward. 
Yes. Yes. That's amazing. And so, so that's how you took your, was there any other way you took your, your power back or what was your biggest lesson going through all of this? Well, it really was resilience and learning that I could be okay, no matter what. Um, and that, you know, helping the way I saw helping wasn't going to cut it with addiction. <laughs> I was definitely a, whole different a ball game. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely a pleaser and a fixer and all the things that, you know, um, you think is just being a loving, caring person, you know, sure. I'm going to help you out when you need it. Um, let's talk about that because that's one thing is like, I I really love that idea. And and I always think about this is that it makes sense that I was doing all the things that I did because I was acting in a way that anyone would act when they love someone, when they want to help someone. But it's almost like that, that all goes out the window when you love someone with an addiction. It's like, it's completely different. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, addiction is like the mastermind of manipulation because it will find a way to get what it wants to continue. It changes the brain. And so it it really hijacks, you know, the person that you're, that is dealing with it and um, it will find a way. And, you know, so I didn't have the issue of like direct stealing Like he didn't steal from me, but he would call with, you know, a really sad story. And that's all it took for me. Like, yeah, I'm going to help you out. You know, you've just had hurdle after hurdle after hurdle, hurdle. And really for him, it was, the use was medicinal. Um, You know, it was there to treat untreated anxiety and depression, um, which now he has, receive treatment for, um, through a doctor's order and, um, you know, but it's, it couldn't be, uh, controlled. Um, so it just, you know, with certain, certain drugs, it's like, I need more of that. I need more of that. And, um, so, you know, what started out as medicinally just got out of control. So, yeah. I mean, I would help out in any way I would drop what I was doing. I would take every phone call. I had no boundaries set there. I so would. That's where that's that piece yeah. of enabling, right? It comes mm-hmm. in. It's like, I was enabling and I didn't even realize it's like, Oh, you, it's okay. You, you stay home. You don't feel well, you know, um, get some sleep. It's the best, you know, don't worry. I'll, I'll pay for your truck. I'll make your truck payment. All like, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's like, you know what, I'll, I'll file for your sick leave. Like, don't worry. Like, oh my gosh. So now when I look back, when I know, like when I know what I know, it's like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. oh, yes. But, you know, I, we've had, we have conversations all the time because my partner is now a chemical dependency counselor. Um, and so we talk about recovery and addiction a lot. And, um, you know, I say now that I know what I know, I probably would have done some things differently, but then we're both like, but then we might not be exactly where we are right now. Like we're, we've yes. made it work, even though there are things that I 
wouldn't have done now, like that's kind of what got us to where we are, which is yeah. working. There's no mistake. And yeah. just self-compassion around the whole thing. Cause you're doing like, we do what we, what any loving person would do. And we're doing our best. Like, let's mm-hmm. face it. This is sometimes uncharted territory. This is like, like ugh, drugs was not on my radar at all. Mm-hmm. And like, so especially like cocaine, like, are you kidding? Like what? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it's like, it's amazing how like we we're just showing up the best we can. So again, that compassion, mm-hmm. permission to be human. And I love that you um, bring up this idea is that like, the helping piece, like that you, you were helping and that you were offering this help and, and, and because you are a loving person and that's what often happens. And so recognizing the importance, what you learned, one of your learning um, lessons was setting up strong, firm boundaries um, so that you could be resilient, knowing what you value and what your rights are and what's important for you so that you can set up healthy boundaries, not for the, not to make rules for the addict, did loved one, but to create boundaries for yourself so that you, you know, you don't go crazy. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Amazing. So tell me a little bit more, like finally, like what would be for the listener that's in the muck right now, you, you know, um, what would, what advice would you give someone that's struggling with loving someone with an addiction right now? Get support. Um, don't do this alone, even though like you said, it might be embarrassing. That self-compassion piece um, is so important because if you've never experienced this before, even if you have, and you're like, why am I in this again? Because Mm. some people have patterns in relationships. Um, To get support, to learn practices for your own self-care. And, you know, in my case, it was, we individually grew stronger And then that was what enabled us to grow stronger together. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. But our individually was so key. And what I had hoped, you know, when there was active use, I just want him to get help. I want him to get into treatment. I want, you know, him to start recovery. Um, But there's a lot of work even into recovery. It's not a quick fix. And so um, continuing your own practices, it's going to be a journey just like their recovery journey is. And you want them to be their healthiest self. And um, you, you know, you being your healthiest self is also what's going to be supportive to them. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. There's so many nuggets in there. It's like focusing on you, taking back your power so that you can show up stronger and more resilient and more actually probably more supportive in Mm -hmm. a role that when you feel powerful and getting support and knowing that you're not alone is really, really crucial. Um, I love it. And the piece of self-compassion that is your message Mm -hmm. too. Those are such beautiful messages, Leslie. And I know everyone's going to want to find out where they can get a hold of you. You're also a coach and you have so much going on right now. Tell us what you're up to these days and where people can get a hold of you. Yes. Thank you. Um, I'm really just proud of this work and you can find me at risewithrecovery.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. And you can also find me on my own podcast, which is the Partners of Recovery podcast, which Andrea is also a guest on. 
coming up. So um, you can find me there. Um, yes, I love to work individually with people in coaching. And um, again, focusing on um, yourself and how to move forward and to not spend so much time in the past. Um, mm -hmm. While we can learn things from the past, you know, um, ultimately we all want to move forward and we all, you know, have a purpose as you also say in your book. And so I really think that coaching is such a wonderful tool to have someone to listen to you who knows what it's like, first of all, and um, also to bring out all of your strengths, to shine that mirror on you so that you can see all that is possible. Oh, that is so beautiful. Your message is so beautiful. And I love that the reference to the past and the future is like the present moment is the present. Like there's a present in that moment. And that idea of mindfulness and just being present here in the now is where a lot of peace is. And it's where, you know, you can um, just be grateful and be full of, you know, gratitude in the present moment. That is so beautiful. And I know I'm so thankful for you being on the show. And I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of everything that you said and your story of resilience. So I can't thank you enough, Leslie. And I will put all your links in the show notes. And thank you again so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreasidel.com where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.